know. Oh, you're supposed to say yes so I could be like, Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod. <laughs> the weekly podcast that chronicles the Fearless Records Punk Goes series. I'm Sam. And I'm Emma. How are you? Yeah, good. That was a very um, sudden intro. And also, technically, yes, we're weekly, but we did sneakily skip a week the other week. Yeah, that was last week, though. Yeah. Well, this is two weeks in a row. This will be out on time. This is true. So, we're we, doing fine. I still maintain that was a good that was a good break, a good hiatus, because that last episode was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, um, I'm running on about three hours sleep, because my stupid brain wouldn't shut off last night, so... I uh, I can't guarantee it, but this could just be all part of my my dream. This could be a dream of mine, and you're all a part of it. I don't know. Who knows? I am running on about ten and a half, eleven hours sleep, so I'm doing great. Yeah. Yep. Good for you. Gotta love those long weekend sleepings. Bully, bully for you. Bully I, uh, for me. If you were to allow it, I would do an episode where I am incredibly sleep deprived. And just, I... just see how whack that gets. It'll be like an episode of the Eric Andre show. I would not want to see that because... I don't know. You're already a very light sleeper without even trying to not sleep. Like, I yeah. don't. You exist on a very delicate ecosystem. In a very <laughs> delicate ecosystem. Um, I just... I wouldn't want to see that. I'd be inclined to do other endurance tests, like drink lots of coffee or get really drunk. or But sleep, I feel like that's one thing that we... It's already quite tentative for you. Precarious. If this gets to a certain amount of popularity, I would like to do a 24-hour something. Okay. I don't think I would want to join you in that. No, that's fine. I'll do it by myself. I will review every single Black Dahlia Murder song in the span of 24 hours. How I'll have no voice. Like, zero voice. That'll be a first. Yeah. <laughs> so, who are we looking at this week? So, this week's song is Just The Way You Are by Bruno Mars, as mm-hmm. covered by Pierce the Veil. Mm-hmm. But before then, um, you have a bit of an interesting story. We have a, uh, a bit of a... A Hollywood Inn now. We really don't. A Hollywood connection. We don't, because remember I explained to you how it's not. Well, you should have explained the story and then maybe said, okay, maybe I don't have a Hollywood connection. So, the other day I posted an innocuous video of our son hiding under my umbrella on Instagram, on my stories. No hashtags, no nothing. The next morning I had a look at just the list of people who had watched it, so about 40 views all up, which for me is pretty good. And at the bottom of the list was Nancy Cartwright. Voice of Bart Simpson. Yeah, the Bartman. So clicked on the profile, it was very much her profile. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Who would have thought that little old me and little old boss would get the seal of approval from Bart? Um... So yeah, did the obligatory humble brag on Instagram, like, oh, I wasn't expecting this to happen, tag Nancy Cartwright, who then proceeded to like that as well. So I was like, what the hell? Like, what? Like, why? So yeah, I was sort of gearing up for like some weird pseudo-celebrity encounter. Turns out that Nancy's social media slash PR team, they've essentially hired like a bot service to just bulk watch in inverted commas people's stories and the idea is 
to like if all these random people see that oh my god Nancy Cartwright is looking at my stories they're going to be inclined to look at her profile and follow and just drum up a lot of reciprocal social media attention yeah I have a question for you yes and I, you wouldn't know this obviously but this not. is just a hypothetical question do you think the people that run Nancy Cartwright's uh, Instagram page do you think they're they're sort of like low-level Scientologists that are trying to make it Ooh. trying to make it in in Hollywood I don't know if... Look, I don't know if they would be trying to make it in Hollywood, but they'd probably be trying to drum up people Well, to... that's where the church is. In Hollywood. In Hollywood. Christ. Um, the way I would... Like, the angle I would go from with it would be trying to drum up interest in Nancy, who can then be like, hey, by the way, I'm a Scientologist. And have people be like, oh, interesting. Let me look into this. Hmm. That's how I would see it. I wouldn't see it as, like, them trying to make it into Hollywood. I would just see it as them trying to get more followers. I just... In the social media and the Scientology sense. And I don't know I don't know what it's like because we're not Scientologists. I just remember the movie um, Map to the Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it's called. It's like Map to the Stars Home. It sounds strangely reminiscent of To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. But yeah, okay. Anyway. But the stars are celebrities. Yes. So it's it's just a, like a negative look at Hollywood, and so it's got it's got people like it's like Mia Wasikowska's in it, and mm-hmm. um, what's his name, the guy from Say Anything, uh, John Cusack, John Cusack, and Robert Pattinson's in it, and he's a he's a uh, he's a car driver, drives celebrities around, and it's obviously right. it's in Hollywood, and he has a line where he's like, yeah. I'm not being. I'm not terribly successful at the moment. I'm thinking of joining Scientology so that they might be able to get me some gigs. Oh, Jesus! So I'm just thinking more along the lines of like whether or not it's like, well, we'll start off this low-level job working Nancy Cartwright's Insta, and yeah. and then you know we can you know move up from there. Or something. I don't know. Probably not. Most likely not. It's probably just people that they've hired, you know, to do it. I don't even know. But anyway, so yeah. we were very excited for about 24 hours. 24 hours. You sent me this this message with no context and the last <laughs> time, I think the last time you did that was when you showed me the tweet that Fearless Records was following us. Yeah, oh, that was funny. And yeah. I was just like I looked down and I had no I I did not register <laughs> that this that Fearless Records had followed us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so I, but I this time I was like well, obviously you're trying to tell me something, so I'm going to have a look. And then I looked and I was like, oh, shit, Nancy Cartwright. And it has the tick next to it. it oh, does. so that's the actual Nancy Cartwright page. So, In theory, yes, but in practice it wasn't her personally. I guess you could say, she didn't do nothing. <laughs> I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> so um, besides me getting a haircut, you... Um, having a brush with someone famous's um, so yeah their social media team their Whoa. social media team a bot woohoo um, yeah it was uh, pretty and boss getting a, a new car yes um, it's been a pretty slow week I yeah guess. it has um, shout out to the woman in Yarraville today who <laughs> told me my skirt was tucked into my undies after I'd gone to the bathroom that was very helpful and I just like, I'm being dead serious. Like, I appreciated it so much because it wasn't even, like, an embarrassing thing. She was just like, hey, your skirt is yeah. caught up. I was just like, oh, shit, thanks. Like, that's... It was, it was that and she walked. She just kept walking. Yeah. Like, let's just bring that energy into every single 
like awkward conversation like hey you've got food in your teeth hey your flies open hey like you've got a rip in your pants like just that's one of those things and look tell me call me out if this is sounding sexist or misogynist or anything one of those things i love is when women are basically on the same team oh yeah so like when when something like that happens yeah or when or when a woman comes up and just just a woman will say, I love your dress. I yeah. love your shirt. I love your earrings. Like you do it and you receive it yeah. all the time. And it just makes me smile. And it's just like, sure, men will sometimes do it. Like sometimes when people see my Black Dahlia murder tattoo, they throw me the horns. <laughs> or like if I'm wearing a wrestling t-shirt, they might reference it. Yeah. Sometimes. But that's about the extent of it. It's not just like, hey man, I love your haircut. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, women are sort of, we're more empowered to do that. Like, it's more accept- bleh, acceptable for us to get somewhat, like, intimate for a second to be like, hey, by the way, yeah. you look lovely today. Like, whereas, yeah, I could see how it's still a bit of a a hurdle for men to do the same. Um, you know what, men, we should, we should compliment each other more exactly. on, on little things like that. You know, you might brighten someone's day. Exactly. And if it, and if it, if we can throw it more towards ourselves and not give it like unwanted attention to women. Oh, that would be great. Then look, hey. I mean. Just, just saying. Yeah, look, I've always sort of flown under the radar because I'm not traditionally like, I am not a hot girl by any standards. So like, I largely dodged being catcalled and everything. But even just the small amounts of just, yeah, comments about my appearance that I do not want, like, that in itself is exhausting enough. So, yeah, fucking divert it to someone else. Can I just say, girl, you're amazing just the way you are? Salem or or um Norbert Norbert from Angry Beavers Salem Salem is better because Salem is like more cynical yeah and, and just sort of like flawed as a character whereas like Norbert's meant to be like the more like successful of the two beavers yeah well he's he's the more confident of the yeah, two yeah whereas... like there's a reason why Daggett resonates with me so much just because he's a mess like 
he kind of reminds me of my nephew Aries. For some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. And I'm not saying that Dag's not successful I or anything. I love Dag. He's great. He's the best. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just to catch up, if anyone out there is missing the context, Sam is very good at replicating the voice of Salem from Sabrina oh, the Teenage good. Witch. Or at least as the... <laughs> <laughs> and then we discovered one day, we were like, oh shit, like that's the same guy who voices Daggett in the... Ang- no, Norbert. Norbert. In the Angry Beavers. Dag. It just kind of blew our minds a bit. And I don't know, like, Norbert reminds me of Owen Wilson. Yeah! I don't... So I think... I mean, oh wow. Oh wow. Um, anyway. But no, shout Norbert out to... You Salem. <laughs> they're in the computer they're in the computer so simple <laughs> would you like to tell us about Bruno Mars sure uh, so Bruno he was uh, born in 1985 from Honolulu Hawaii mm-hmm. he was actually born Peter Gene Hernandez and I don't know why it didn't give me uh, capital on Gene. Doesn't matter. There we go. No one would have known if you hadn't said anything. No, they they can get warts and all. Uh, he was... I love this. So he was given the nickname Bruno at the age of two when his father decided that that his son looked like the legendary professional wrestler Bruno Sammartino. Does he look anything like Bruno Sammartino? I'd need to get a picture of two-year-old... Well, I don't want a pic, t- picture of two-year-old... <laughs> yeah. Bruno Mars. Bruno, if you're out there, we demand that you send us a four by six. Going, look, when we discuss what we're going to talk about sort of at the end, I can kind of see it. I can yeah. kind of see it, but Bruno, and I'm saying, when I say Bruno, I mean Bruno, Bruno San Martino. He did a lot of bleeding, so like, later on in life, he has the, the telltale signs of like a professional wrestler from the 70s, just like jacked Yuck. forehead. Um, Can you just give a bit of context for people who don't know what that is? So, back in, like, the 70s, wrestlers bled a lot. And so, what that meant was they would blade themselves. At some points, like, they might take a stiff punch to the forehead, they might take a stiff shot in the turnbuckle, or they might get a What's chair a turnbuckle? shot. turnbuckle? The turnbuckle's the corners. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The corner yep, posts. Yep, yep. Um, and so, they would just, they would blade themselves with a razor blade. And so, you get, like, a lot of old wrestlers, like, thinking of a wrestler like... Uh, Dusty Rhodes or Abdullah the Butcher, Bruno Sammartino, who just have just just scars upon scars upon scars on their forehead. Yeah. Um, I'll bring up a picture at some point when you're vamping. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he still is like the longest reigning WWF um, or yeah WWF champion, heavyweight champion. He had the, had the belt for like nine years. In, a, in one sitting. WWF? Isn't that the World Wildlife Fund? Well, they were also the World Wrestling Federation. Right. Because <laughs> I do know there's a t-shirt floating around out there. It's like two pandas yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Very funny. Um. So, yeah, that's my spiel about wrestling. I'll get, get that out of the way. But, yeah, uh, like a nine-year run. He wanted to take like a month off, I think. And, and Vince McMahon was like, okay, we'll drop the title off you. And he's like, fine. And then he came back, won the title again, and had it again for like three or four years. Cool. So he's considered basically like the champion of champions. But there you go. Mm. So yeah, Bruno Mars would love to see that crossover. Although unfortunately, Bruno San Martino is no longer with us. So, yeah. so Mars was one of six children, and he came from a musical family. 
At the age of four, he began performing five days a week as an Elvis impersonator. Wow. That kid worked, apparently. That's, yeah, holy crap. <laughs> what was I doing at four? I was doing fuck all. Yeah, I think I was in creche and hating it. I hated creche. <laughs> Loved kinder, hated creche. Creche was pre-kinder. Yes. I would have had heart surgery at that point. So I guess oh, yeah. I, I guess I had an excuse for not being as productive as usual. For uh, not kickstarting your Elvis impersonation <laughs> yeah, career I know. So many lost opportunities. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> um, at the age of five, he wet his pants on stage while performing Elvis's Can't Help Falling in Love. Oh, we've all been there. Making his right. parents consider whether they had made a mistake with Bruno. I've made a huge mistake. And I was just like, yeah, you don't say five-year-old Bruno up on stage. Wedding himself. Not deliberately, though. <laughs> Unless that was his way of saying, fuck this, I quit. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I... Yeah. If, if if your parents... And I don't... I couldn't quite gather what the relationship was like, whether it was like a Jackson 5 kind of deal with... Uh, what was the dad's name? Joe Jackson? Yeah, yeah. How it was like... In the end, uh, I think we kind of hate you because you just kind of took our childhoods away. Yeah. I don't know if that was the case, like whether they were really overbearing about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could have been like, well, I'm going out and you're cleaning my pants while I'm doing it. <laughs> I that's, that's to me sort of like a an exaggerated version of just like when you're a kid and you are goofing off and you do something and your parents think it's so cute that they love to like trot you out in front of like Mm. aunts and uncles and family members be like hey like sing that song or do that dance or something and then one day you'll sort of realize like oh shit i'm actually really embarrassed to be doing this and then like you sort of fold into yourself i would have been that really cringy like pre-teenager who would have when like, I had nothing that was impressive about Aww. me. So, would have, my impressive thing would have been like a sweet combo I could have done on Tony Hawk. <laughs> and my, Do a kickflip. And my parents' friends would not have given a shit. Oh, man. And I would have thought I was the best. <laughs> I love, like, you sort of, to me, have got you did it in reverse like when you were a kid you were just like a lay about like nah fuck it (laughs) and like the older you get the more productive you are (laughs) the more proud of my parents get of me (laughs) (laughs) it just sort of makes me think i saw it today and it's it's not a new picture but it's someone put up like my (laughs) my friend's family were taking portraits at when he was at the age of eight he he was determined he was going to be a clown in the picture. <laughs> have you seen that picture? No, that's oh. wonderful. You'll have to show it's me so, afterwards. It's so hilarious because it's not just like a happy clown as well. It's just, it's just this bunk-ass looking clown makeup. It just looks so sinister. It's great. And everyone else is normal. Oh. So yeah, in 2003, at the age of 18, Bruno moved to LA to get his start in music. He would sign a deal to Motown Records in 2004, a mm-hmm. partnership that would only last one year, though. Right. Uh, about Just The Way You Are. Just before that, I just want to mention the very brief crossover between Bruno and Pop Punk. In 2008, a photo surfaced, I think it was on Tumblr, it was just like a pap photo of Fallout Boy bassist Pete Wentz just walking down the street. And there's, like, a couple of people who seem a bit surprised by him walking past. 
and one of them in the background is Bruno. I've just pulled it up. Oh, yeah. And so, like, that's before he'd, like, fully blown up, I think. But, yeah, like, then a decade later in 2018, like, everyone was just, like, celebrating the 10-year anniversary of this photo where Bruno Mars looks stoked to see Pete Wentz. So... So I'm I'm just going back to it. So that's that's Dusty Rhodes, um, back in oh, the seventies. Yeah. Look at the, look at the forehead though. Jesus. That's all from bleeding. Fuck that. Dusty Rhodes, baby. That's how he. That's how he talked. Goodness he me. Was, he was the best. Um. So yeah, about just the way you are. Mm-hmm. Um. It was released in 2010 and was the debut single from his album Doo-Wops and Hooligans, released by Atlantic Records. Yep. It sure was. So it it saw a multitude of success, mm-hmm. reaching number one in Australia, Austria, Canada, Ireland, Israel, New Zealand, and the US. I was going to say New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That foreign place. <laughs> um. Yeah, and the music video as well was directed by Ethan Lander. Couldn't really bring up much about him. Uh, Filming began in September 2010, but the clip was released on the 8th of September 2010. Wait, what? So, well, that's what I got from the Wikipedia page. It said filming began in September 2010 and was released on September 8th, 2010, which implies that this was basically done, like, all of it was done in about a week. I mean... It's not not doable. It's not not doable, but like all the all the apartment scenes and everything is doable, but the the animation. Yeah, actually, yeah. Fuck, I didn't even think of that. Is the thing that would have that would have taken a while. Mm. So I don't know, but then you know, um, the the South Park people can pump out an episode of South Park like they can do it from the beginning of the week and have it ready to go by, you know. The end of the week. Yeah. I would assume they have a much bigger team working on it than a team for a single music video. Not to mention, basically, like, the first... Like, this was his first yeah. song that, that made people aware of Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, anyway. So this was a... I just thought this was a really uh, interesting clip about... A really interesting quote taken from Ethan Lander about Bruno Mars... He said, Lander considers Bruno Mars as a st- Bruno Mars a star. He adds, the charisma that he has, you can't teach. Finishing with, Singer even manages to be suave in his mugshot, which is no small feat. He sees the video as a collaboration. The video director came up with the vision and Mars added his vision and so on. I mean, I took that directly from Wikipedia. Yeah, and it shows. <laughs> no. um, that's... A real backhanded compliment, like... <laughs> holy crap. I read it the way I imagine the gang reads Charlie stuff. Finishing with, Singer even manages to be suave in his mugshot, which yeah. is no small feat. So do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm feeling like I'm high energy mentally, but low en- like it's just coming out low energy, so a lot of me is just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But- uh, the clip features Australian Peruvian actress Natalie Kelly, who mm-hmm. was in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift and Furious Seven. Right. Yep. Is that about all she's been in? Pretty much. Okay. Like, there's other stuff, but that was like the things of note. I thought she looked familiar, but not from that. I don't know. She just has a very um, 
if she's Australian, I couldn't see, but I was going to say she's probably been in Neighbours or Home Yeah, I was going to say, was she on Home It's one of those two. You start off off on one of those two here. Yeah. Uh, I love this one. At the 2011 MTV Music Video A Japan The Clip... I'll start that again. At yeah. the at the 2011 MTV Music Video A Japan, the clip won the award for best male video. And as of November 2019, the video has 1.4 billion views on YouTube. Jeez. Okay. Remember, uh, remember in 2012 how Gangnam Style got like a billion views in a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Remember Gangnam Style. Remember that guy. Yeah. That was a time. Uh, so, let's get into it. What do we think of uh, Bruno and his song here? So... His, his his effort. So, I remember back in 2010, was it, when it was released? You yep. literally just told me. Um, yep. Like, I remember thinking, like, it's cute, like, it's a decent enough song, and, like, I was always vaguely interested in listening to Doo-Wops and Hooligans in full. Um... I don't think I ever did, but, like, that album has some pretty decent bangers on it. Is this one of them, though? No. And that's what I was about to get to, was, like, this song is just so saccharine sweet. Like, I just... Yeah. <sighs> it's... It's... Un... It's unbearably cheesy. Uh, yeah. And so, like, Top 40 Radio, like, that just... Yeah. I don't know. That very generic sort of brand of music like it fits the bill perfectly and like he's a very good singer but it's just bland because then you think about his other songs like locked out of heaven which has like a real sort of police-esque like riff to it or like his more contemporary stuff like finesse which is sick or 24k magic magic 24k magic um like he is so good, and obviously this was only a short, short, a s- suggestion of things to come. Like, yeah. And if you take it as that, then it's like, yep, cool. But like today, the song is just so boring and so like sickly sweet compared to what he is capable of, which is very clever and catchy. I, I mean, I just kind of hate it because basically, like one of the things that I just can't bear about this song is all the things that makes this girl amazing physical it's all surface level yeah it is all surface level shit yeah it's it's her hair her eyes for fuck's sake her her laugh is sexy who honestly has a sexy laugh who who honestly has a laugh that makes someone go from six to midnight you know which I stole that line from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but it's, did. it's a good one. And full disclosure, when you said it, literally, maybe... Okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> when you tried this material on me before, I did have a good <sighs> chuckle at it. <laughs> well, maybe the people will get a chuckle at it. I'm sure they will. It's just... What is it about this girl? What is it that she makes you feel? Like, how do you feel about her? What is it... At her as an individual, away from you, that makes her an amazing person. Like, what are her, what are her goals? What are her accomplishments? What are her personality traits? What is anything other than her hair falls perfectly, so she's amazing? Yeah. Like this, just smacks of someone else wrote this for him. Yeah. Or he's 
never been in a relationship before. And and in his mind, the most important qualities... Well, maybe maybe he's that honest person that's like, nah, personality isn't it for me, it's got to be looks. Yeah. See, it's funny, like, I never really gave this song the time of unpacking it. Like, I always... To me, the fact that it is so surface level, I just immediately dismiss it, as opposed to questioning why it's so mm. surface level. But yeah, it is an interesting thought experiment once you sort of go beyond like, okay, so it's very base, surface level kind of observations. As soon as you interrogate that deeper, that's when it starts to get interesting. Like, yeah, Because again, that can sort of that can be conflated into like a whole different discussion of how pop music in particular, like women are just sort of a vessel for whatever the man is feeling or wanting or chasing mm. or like, cause yeah, I don't think it's uncommon for there to be songs that are just like, Oh, and you're so beautiful. Like you're so pretty and you've got this and this and this. Oh, like, they're, they're, they're a dime a dozen. And I think that's very telling, is yeah. that somehow... Ah, fuck, we really need Richard on this one, because I'm struggling. But, like, yeah, this in itself, like, it's ultimately very dismissive of the love interest. Yeah. Like, I would not be thrilled if you were to ever write a hit song and it was just, oh, and Emma's glasses are really cool. and Yeah. Like, I love that she has curly hair and blah, blah, blah. Like... I think it's, it's ultimately very empty. Yeah, it's incredible. It's empty and vapid. Yeah, I, I think the thing that tell- <laughs> shallow and pedantic. Shallow and pedantic. <laughs> I think the thing that that makes me think, okay, no, he sort of gets it, is the line, um, "I compliment her, she won't believe me. It's so sad to think she doesn't see what I see." That kind of is a relationship thing. We don't, you know, we compliment our loved ones, but a lot of the time, I feel like. And it's not just you and I. I feel like that probably happens a lot. Like, you compliment someone and they're just like, oh, you're just being biased because you're with me. Yeah. And and it is a thing of, like, do you believe this? Well, you should because, you know, I do think you're amazing. But I think you're amazing for more than just your looks. Yeah. Because it's funny, like, the chorus itself, like, you're amazing just the way you are. Like, that's really sweet. But, yeah, coupled with just all the physical things... It's like, there's not a thing that I would change about the way you look. Yeah, like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's not up to you to, to decide. Yeah. You know, yeah. is there someone else that you would be, like, would the next girlfriend have a, just a, a slightly crooked nose and it's like, well, I'd change <laughs> <Bye>. that. <laughs> Off to the plastic surgeon we go. And look, like, it needs to be acknowledged that like looks can be and are a factor of like being attracted to someone but also that's the thing that's going to fade over time mm. like yeah i don't know oh yeah i fully agree like ultimately it's just like this isn't like yes it's a complimentary song like it's very like yeah it's I don't know. just i don't I just, and as I say, like, they're a dime a dozen. Why did this one, why has this one got 1.4 billion views on YouTube? Yeah, the what video makes, is not interesting. The video is not interesting. The song's not interesting. Like, what's going on? I I hate, so I listened to it a few times 
with I don't know if you did this. I do this every week when I walk home from work. <laughs> I listen to the song with my headphones on. I absolutely did not. And it's just things like it's just there's nothing to it. And then the chorus kicks in and it's just like this oversaturation of bass as well. Like the bass is too heavy. I can't stand the church bells. I can't yeah, stand the church bells. Yeah. Cuz that just makes me think of that just makes me think of weddings. And granted, we're planning yeah, a wedding right gross, now. Gross, right? <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. Wedding though. songs are just innately just corny. cheesy and yeah. corny. Yeah. And it's just ugh, like this is supposed to be a cool dude who's supposed to be like really suave and everything and it's just like it's not even really poetic. It's just like you know when you smile, everyone stops and turns for a while. Like, there's nothing about it that just, that sticks. It's that also just... sounds vaguely terrifying. Like... Yeah, who's... <laughs> just, I don't know. Like, like, the fact that you, like, crack a smile and everyone just sort of, like, drops you... what they're doing and turns around like, whoa. <laughs> you, you have the power to make the world stop momentarily while you smile. <laughs> Do you ever drop the smile and let the world pause? Yeah, it's like freezing time. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that this is... And look, I'm the, the schmuck in a two-bedroom apartment saying this, but I don't <laughs> think this was a terribly strong start for him. Like, he would... <laughs> he, he would get better. It's like the equivalent of watching the Olympics and being like, oh, no, nah, their form is shit. <laughs> I would have done better. Yeah. Um. No, but like, sure... Is Uptown Funk a cheesy song? Yes. But it rules. But do I remember us singing that shit every time it came on the radio in New Zealand? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's kind of a good song. It is an excellent song. I, he, basically, he basically just became the guy that's like, hey, remember how cool other music was? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Because he, he had that, I can't remember what the song is called that he did with Cardi B, but it sounds like Belle Biv DeVoe or New Kids on Block. That's finesse, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, it is finesse. Yeah. Yeah. It just has like a a sick sort of early 90s kind of tune to it. And it's just like he would get better. Yeah. But this is just, I don't know. It's, it's, we've talked about some pretty forgettable songs. And if it wasn't for the fact that this song was kind of everywhere in 2010, 2011. Yeah. You know, this was a huge song. If it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I didn't know about it beforehand, I'd be forgetting about this by tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, um, yeah, I'm sorry, Bruno. If... Uh, look, I, I will, I'll be the first to say your, your later stuff gets better. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't really have much to add because it just, it's becoming a bit of a circular conversation, like... Yeah, ultimately it's just sort of unimaginative, it's surface level, it's ultimately a bit insulting that, like, all he sees in his partner is, she's hot. Yeah. Like. There's a, um, there's an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine's dating, I think it happens a couple times actually, she's dating, like, this gorgeous guy, and he breaks his nose. Yeah. And it's just, she just has to decide, she's like, but do I stay with him? Oh my <laughs> <Now>. god. <laughs> I think it actually happens to her a couple of times. It's like she's dating dating a, a gorgeous man. It's like one who's who's pro life. Oh Jesus! And she's just like, oh, but he's so good looking. Oh my god! Because <laughs> she's talking about how perfect he is, 
and everything. And Jerry's just like, yeah, but is he pro-choice? And she just kind of stops and she's like, she she doesn't want to ask the question because she's she's worried because he's just, he's so good looking. Yeah. And it was the guy who played Jag in the TV show Jag. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> who, you know, he cut a figure in the 90s. Yeah. I don't remember that guy's name, but no. sure. But um, again, he's hot and that's like... <laughs> But, ultimately forgettable but they're making the they're, they're pointing a finger at it and making a joke about it in Seinfeld Bruno Mars isn't Bruno, no. this is since this is like sincere either he wrote that or you know Atlantic Records wrote that and thought that was a legitimate thing to to find quality in in your partner yeah but I digress um we do have to bring the the mood of the uh the podcast down a bit but this is something that we're not going to not talk about yeah essentially so i guess we got a disclaimer yeah so uh in discussing the band pierce the veil and their cover of course we're going to get into their backstory we just wanted to point out that we will be discussing alleged instances of statutory rape and abusive behavior so if this sounds like something you shouldn't be listening to right now we will not be offended feel free absolutely to not stop listening or skip ahead yep completely fine yeah no we won't uh we perfectly understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pierce the Veil. They formed in 2006. They hail from San Diego, California. Yep. Uh, they were founded by brothers Vic and Mike Fuente. Fuentes. Fuentes. I assume. And the band was born from the ashes of the group before today. Uh, they hail from the San Diego punk scene. I did look into this a bit, and there's a website dedicated to just San Diego punk. Okay. Can you um, think of other examples? There was nothing of note, though. <laughs> like, it, it, look, they had some sick... They had some sick band names. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing that made me go, oh, that's a San Diego punk band. Yeah. Um, look, I'll bring it up, and I'll, I'll, I'll just bring up... I'll name a couple of bands that just tickle me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm sure you'll probably... You'd probably look at it as well and go... Who? Wait, what? <laughs> her? Her? But yeah, it's it's there's some pretty interesting ones. Um, so like Boss Fight is pretty cool. I know the name, but I don't know the music. Um, Skid Marks of Society. Ooh, okay. Square Crow. <laughs> Sick. I'm so tired that that's hilarious to me. <laughs> the Live Kennedys. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Watashiwa Dance Party. Nice. Yeah, the Montel Jordans. <laughs> That's so, good. Like, there's just there's none of those. There's like there's a there's a full list of bands, but there's just nothing that goes that I go. Oh yeah, I know that. There's always so much creativity in like local band names yeah. and like titles and things, and it just seems unfortunate that a lot of it doesn't seem to make it to the big into the spotlight like I, you hear some really good band names and it's just like oh man i wish yeah you could get more roi on that name i look if i had an afternoon i would dedicate an hour or two to some san diego punk and just get a feel of what that's like yeah yeah it would listen be to listen listen to some watashiwa dance party Mm-hmm. so yeah in terms of pierce the veil being a somewhat problematic topic perhaps 
In 2017, drummer and founding member Mike Fuentes was accused of soliciting nude photos and of, statu- and of statutory rape by a young woman. Uh, the alleged incidents occurred roughly a decade earlier, and the pair made contact on MySpace when he was at the time 24 and she was 16. Uh, Later that year, a second woman came forward alleging that Mike had requested nudes from her and she was 15 at the time. When I say later that year as well, it was a month. So I think it was like November, this came out, and then December, the next one came out. Yeah. Uh, In response to the allegations, a statement was made that Mike would be stepping down from percussion duties. However, in 2019, on the official band's Twitter page... The band released a rehearsal video with Mike performing drums in the background. Uh, as of yet, they've not confirmed if he'll be returning to the band. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I feel like in that case, you need to distance yourself as far as possible from that person. Um, it's a bit hard. It's just, it's a bit offensive that they're just sort of... Look, I, I'll chuck in an allegedly, but... It just seems as if they are sort of sneaking them back in and just being like, "Yeah, whoop, like, I don't know. Hey, look who's back. And, yeah, it's interesting that this came up this week because I am sort of at the point where in doing research for these bands, I probably will just start to Google, like, band name allegations and yeah. see what comes up because there have been a lot that have just sort of seeped through that for whatever reason we didn't discuss at the time, but we do feel like it is appropriate to probably just mention them, uh, just in the interest of saying that we did do our homework a bit. So we came as Romans, so the singer Kyle Pavone, who is no longer with us, he was also, and it's interesting to note, a lot of these occurred in November 2017. Like Mm. They all sort of came out in that same dump of information. It's kind of like how we had that, period of time in 2016 where just celebrities were just dropping like flies yeah uh, flies is insulting just they were just dying yeah left right and center yeah so yeah in 20 november 2017 uh kyle pavone was accused of assault after a sexual encounter didn't go the way he was expecting so make of that what you will uh don broco in november 2017 as well Allegations were made and spread via Twitter accusing singer Rob Damiani of inappropriate sexual behaviour with a female after the show. The reason we didn't bring this one up in last week's episode was because the allegations were retracted and removed from social media. Uh, So Rob strongly denied the allegations and then later on the alleged victim did retract her claims. Yep. then, of course, we've discussed in the past, we've talked about Newfound Glory, we've talked about Ryan Adams, we've talked about Jesse Lacey, like... Well, it's not Newfound Glory, it's it's the well, guitarist from Newfound yeah, Glory. Yeah, it's no. not the entire band. That is a good yeah. clarification to make. Because yeah. um, this, this isn't entire bands. This is, this is, you know, singular members who feel that they have power over, you know, young, impressionable fans. Yeah. So, and it's... Yeah, it's just, it's shitty. Like, especially with the Don Broco one. Like, for me, I didn't feel right bringing that up to immediately just be like, oh, but it was retracted. Because the same, I was saying to you before we recorded last week that 
a similar situation happened to Connor Oberst from the band Bright Eyes, and I, like, they are one of my favourite bands. Like, I love them. And, yeah, the same thing. Like, Connor was accused of raping a woman who then did come out and say, actually, no, I made this all up. So did she see jail time for that? I don't know. Okay. I think it was just a um, settlement between her and Connor's respective parties. Um, And then, yeah, she came out and apologised for it. But it's, yeah, it's just a fucking awful thing all round. Because I remember when that came out and before it had been resolved and my heart just sank. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I remember you being just devastated by it. And then... It's yeah, it's just it's a shit situation all round. Like, well, it's, as I said, it's it's people who take advantage of their fan base, but the fan base is teenagers. Yeah, it's it's a music that appeals to young people going through shit times, and you know, here's this this person that you idolize comes along and is like, you know, maybe I understand what you what you're feeling like, and then you sort of. They seep their way in, and yeah, they do horrible things, and you know, potentially ruin these people's lives. It's just yeah, it's that greater sense of the power imbalance. Like, it's always going to like the onus is always going to fall on the adult in those situations to be making the right decision. Like, it doesn't matter how dreamy or lovely like anyone as a teenage girl or as a teenager like it doesn't matter how lovely they think that their musical heroes are they are not in a position of power to then go yep you know what i'm going to pursue a relationship this is going to be completely kosher like Mm. and the adults in the situation or the musicians like they should know better and they do know better yeah and they are taking advantage of a very obvious power dynamic like they have those years of experience. They are adults compared to these children who do not know what they're getting themselves in. Like, it's just awful. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, it, it does piss me off to say that I am going to start adding those extra searches to our research each week because it just feels like... Yeah, there's just still so many accounts coming out of musicians where... Yeah, they're taking advantage of their fans. And it really sucks that, like... And we've talked about this before, but, like... A music genre, a movement, a group... Like, just of like-minded people... That both of us... Like, it resonated with both of us in some way growing up. And it's just sort of coming out that there were... were and are a lot of shitty people in amongst it. Look, wait... It's, it's a horrible thing that has happened and we weren't going to not talk about it I, you know and as we said like we're going to be looking up each band now going oh okay has there been any allegations about them um you know we're probably going to take a moment to sort of just catch our breath and come yeah. back um so that we can sort of talk about the the cover in in a, in a clear breath mm-hmm. clear clear mind mm-hmm. so okay we're back um We've taken a breath. We have. We're coming, as as I said, coming back with the, to this with clear minds. Um, we're not going to talk about any more of that unpleasantness. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, 
I feel like it's a really dismissive way to say it, but we're just not going to discuss that anymore because we're here to discuss a song. We are. A cover song. Yes. about this cover song? The first thing that came up for me was, and again, because like, I've always known who Pierce the Veil are in terms of being on the periphery. Like They've been in the scene. I know who they are by name. Yeah. For some reason, I assumed they were more um, hard... Well, not hardcore, but like more like metal influence, like Screamio... Screamio... Screamo... Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know why I kind of... I, I get that. I get the, the Screamo, perhaps, appearance. Because um, I'd, I'd never listened to them. I, I got them confused with the other band, Bless the Fall, uh, as yeah. well, okay. who I think are like a Christian Screamo band. Right. I could be wrong about that one. Um, maybe it's just because they've got Bless in their title and it's all <laughs> one word. Um, so yeah, that for me is what came up. was like, oh, this is a lot tamer than I was expecting. Um, and it does fall into like a very specific category that I, I think it sort of, I was growing up and out of the scene in inverted commas when this sort of brand of emo, pop punk, whatever came in where it's very, almost like babyish voices. Like the vocals are very like, there's yes. just something about the way they enunciate like it's just very sort of tame and like yeah I'm finding it hard to describe because it's kind of like a high not high pitched voice but it's it's not a nasal voice it's somewhere in between yeah it's just like it's not your classic nasal pop punky voice yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely grown up a little bit and it see I don't think it's grown up I think it's sort of progressed like to me like there's a difference between, or not even regressed, it's sort of like it exists in a separate category to your snotty pop-punk voice. This is sort of like a, like it's not, a, it's not whiny, but it's just sort of, it's got an affectation to it. Oh, definitely. Like, good girl, you're amazing. Like. I love the, um, the, the little high-pitched inflections he does at the end of words, like when you smile. Oh, I hate that. Really? I I reckon I reckon this is great. I love this. I reckon this song's dope. Yeah. This it, I reckon this cover like kills it. It's really like it's technically proficient and it's good, but for some reason it just doesn't vibe with me. I don't know why. And I think it's just because 
there's just something about the vocals that kind of gives me the shits, and I never thought I'd say that. Fair enough. I mean, you'd never listened to them before up until now, so, you know. I don't know. It's just, it's a different sort of brand of the kind of music I grew up with, and it sort of seems a little bit, like, infantilizing almost. I don't know. See, I think the thing, infantilizing, that's such a bold thing to say about this. And that's, I'm sort of, I'm not sure if that's what I mean or not. Because I, I think, so everything, every knock I gave this song for Bruno Mars, yep. I feel is a positive for Pierce the Veil. Okay. I feel like this, this is what, this is the song I would have written for a girl when I was 12. Wouldn't have been anything about how you made me feel, like when I was going through pop punks, like 14. Wouldn't have been anything about how you made me feel. My idea would have been about, you know, oh, I'll compliment you. And, yep. and you'll like me. You know, that cheesiness is just, it's pop punk. Pop punk is, and we've discussed this, it is just, it's saccharine. It's saccharine punk. And I think that this does it really well. I think this song, it doesn't, it doesn't sit still. It's, it has so much to it that just, the original just has this sort of one kind of tone, this one kind of beat this one rhythm whereas this just goes all over the place and it all works incredibly well together i feel like i must have been listening to a different song or just not listening properly because to me it's a very true rendition of the original in a pop punk kind of style i just i i feel like there's just so much more to it well that's i'm glad you're getting that out of it because to me i'm just fair enough no and i don't like that makes it sound like i'm being really fucking condescending like oh that's good for you then, I guess. Um, but more, it's more just like, I feel like I'm missing something. Well, look, we have our homework set for us in the next week or two, okay? When I hear a band that's like, I should have listened to more of this. Yes. I need to give it a chance after the podcast has been recorded and listen to a bit more of that band. Yeah. When you're walking home from work or the gym... Yes. And instead of listening to, you know, five minutes of Mabim Bam... Excuse me. Put on, put on the song that we're doing this week and listen to it on headphones, because you get, you get so much more out of it. Why do I feel like I'm being lectured right now? Because you kind of are a little bit. <laughs> because you, you had... You, you, because you have these killer red headphones, and... Yeah, alright. I just, I... <sighs> no, you're right. Alright, no. Look, I'm not going to condescend. I'm just going to say, I feel like we have this discussion about... I know, I know, I know. Okay. No, keep going. Well, just how, like, you don't get as much of it as I do, (laughs) as much from it as I do. And I think, like, listen to it with with headphones. We both have the same headphones. They're a good good pair. (laughs) I'm getting fucking roasted out here. Savage. Um... Bitches be shopping. (laughs) No, you are correct. I'm not not trying to be like... No, I know you're not, but like it is absolutely valid that I should be, I don't know, listening to the song more than once before we record an episode. 
scene. I reckon I've listened and look, this isn't a comparison, but it kind of is. But not in a not in a competitive way. But I've probably listened to this about ten times in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's it's look. It is when I when I mentioned when I mentioned a song a band that was like oh yeah like I knew about them I didn't listen to them and I'm probably not going to listen to them after this and you said why don't you listen to it after the fact mm. yeah you kind of roasted me there so like a fine peanut <laughs> you are a fine peanut <laughs> um yeah look I think ah I say as I'm screwing the water bottle lid on I feel like for me, it's, yeah, it'll be good for me to actually do this properly next week and listen to the thing more than once and pick up those nuances. Sometimes I just feel like it's because I'm dumb. Like, I do not have the same musical vocabulary to, like, relay what I hear in a song. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be like, oh, no, no, baby. But, like, you are legitimately one of the smartest people I know. Aww. You know, I'm, and I'm not just saying that. It's just in my, in my opinion, in my, you know, belief, you are one of the smartest people I know. Oh. So you, you can definitely pull out a good opinion. You have pulled out good opinions this week. I make it sound like it's a miracle. It's not though. <laughs> <laughs> you have good. You have good words sometimes. Oh, thanks. Um. Anyway, this is something where I can continue to have an existential crisis off mic. So, we do not have covers this week. No. So, this week's song and next week's song, I'm tapping my phone on my knee because it's emphasizing emphatic. Um, This week's song and next week's song, they really did not inspire interesting looking cover songs. Um, I'm going to go back to the well and pull out a, a... an old term of mine. This is a lot of uh, wigwags. Yeah. Just filthy with it. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I have entertained the idea of doing like a, a book web series, a web series about books. And I did a little bit of research a while back and all the book web series is the thumbnails is just like the person either holding the book in their hand next to their face or it's like, I read this many books and they're like, yeah. Like holding up the books, pulling up, pulling a stupid face. Like I can't believe I'm holding all these books. Yeah, and that's what this was. Was just, yep, that's another person with an acoustic guitar doing this song. Oh, they're doing it on piano. Well, what do you know? <laughs> I can't see how that's going to be any different to, to the original. It's just that they won't be as good a singer as Bruno Mars. So we're not doing covers this week and next week unless I find something really interesting. But what I did find, yes. And this was really bizarre, was the Paulie Shaw show. So Paulie Shaw uh, is an American comedian who had a very brief uh, stint with fame, mostly with uh, movies like Encino Man, Jury Duty. I think it was called In the Navy now. No, In the Army now. Um, He had a TV show... I believe it was the Paulie Shaw show. Yeah. And he interviewed. Mm-hmm. It was... So one video said he was six. One video 
says that he was four. Let's just average out and say he was five. Five. When he <laughs> peed his pants. Yeah. <laughs> this was the moment that he peed his pants. He yeah. peed his pants in front of Paulie Shaw. Bruno Mars is a child getting interviewed on this show for his... As Paulie says, he's the youngest Elvis impersonator in the world. Um, it's a really bizarre look at this. You can really tell that Paulie Shaw just has zero chemistry with with children yeah and, and i don't mean that like a creepy way i just mean like you can tell he he probably, does not know how to he hold does not know how to does not know how to interact with children which was me up until i met your niece and nephews to be honest yeah and but, even then i'm still a little bit awkward <laughs> yeah and I, and I say it like that because i'm still a little bit awkward um you could just tell that there's nothing like he kind of I get the feeling Paulie's just like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this being over. Mm. Um, you know, like, he, he, he gets up there and does a little dance with Bruno. It's fine. Um, and I think he's sort of trying to, like, throw Bruno a bone. He's like, oh, yeah, this is pretty boring, huh? And Bruno's just like, no. <laughs> you can tell, like, Bruno's probably been media trained. Or, oh, absolutely. Or he's just been told, like, no, you'd be nice to your elders. Yeah. Um, and... It's really interesting because you look at that, you look at him at four, five, or six, whatever the age gap was, whatever the age yep. was at the time, and you look at him and go, "Oh, that's Bruno. That's Mars. Bruno Mars. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to like doubt that. You could look at him like there's there's people that you go, oh, that's what you looked like as a child. You look totally different as an adult. But as yeah. you look, you look at young Bruno, and you think you would know that that's Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um. He was he was a very cute kid. He was a cute kid. Yeah. Like he has obviously been very blessed in terms of like he was a cute kid. He's a handsome dude. Oh, he's, he's like, a handsome dude. He's a very He handsome seems dude. to have skipped that thing of like either growing into or out of your looks. Like he's just always had them. But it's like um it's like Jesus Christ. We don't know what he was like as a teenager. He might have been pretty weird. True. I doubt it though. <laughs> but no, it's a it's a cute cute-ish like, yeah it's a cute video it these kinds of things they generally kind of like rub me the wrong way because again it's that idea of like a lot of the time it feels like the presenters are talking above the kids comprehension level for laughs yeah and I don't like that I don't like when people are sort of making a joke at the kids expense based on just that disconnect between being a kid and being an adult. Do you think Polly Shaw's trying to do that in this video, though? I don't know if he's trying to do it on purpose, but just the way that he sort of approaches this whole interview, like, be it out of awkwardness or out of... It's kind of the snide. fact that he's a comedi- comedian, yeah. But it he... just sort of comes across as a bit, like... I don't think he was clever enough to be the sort of comedian that roasted people. No. And... I think it just comes down to, I think he's just plain awkward in front of this kid. And watching the video and there's the comment thread, people are like, this is incredibly uncomfortable and I don't know why. And people started to say, yeah, it's because Paulie Shaw's shorts are way too short. (laughs) Which, they're not that bad. They're above the knee, but they're not that bad. It's, yeah, I I just, yeah, I don't really see what the benefit of this was. Like... 
I also couldn't get, like, was Polly Shaw show, like, the equivalent of, like, a Channel 31 show? Or was it pretty prime time? I think it might have been on MTV. Right. Because, again, it just sort of, like, I could totally picture, like, if Ellen DeGeneres had a four-year-old, five-year-old Bruno Mars. Like, that makes sense because she knows how to work yeah. with kids to showcase what they're good at. And, yeah, she might sort of pull the stunt of, like, talking above their comprehension level for laughs Whatever, but like, I don't really see what function this interview served. I guess that they were in Hawaii and they were probably looking for interesting things yeah. and they heard about the youngest Elvis impersonator and they got him on. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Um, but anyway, kids always had moves, which I'm very jealous of. Yeah, he could dance. Yeah. And he could still, he could still dance. Yep. So... Good on you, Bruno. It will get better. Yes. It will get better. I feel like we should probably wrap this up because we are flagging an energy. Oh, need... I didn't even have it in the beginning. So We need to save what little energy we have for karaoke tonight. Yeah. So next week we are looking at the song I'm Like a Bird uh, by Nelly Furtado as covered by Element 101 for Punk Goes Pop Volume 1. Uh, thank you for listening. At this stage, we are just shy of 4,000 listens, so we're still chugging along. Um, Yeah, look, if you want to get in touch with us, go for it. (laughs) But it doesn't seem like you do, so we'll just let you guys keep listening in the shadows. Like that cool song by that cool band that I talk about all the time. The Rasmus. Yes. Or that cool vampire film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ghost Cup. So, if you see Taika Waititi, remember to just crap walk in front of him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, but uh, in I, I forgot, um, sorry, sorry, Taika, with all the people crab walking in front of you, but um, is this a hell yeah or a yeah nah? Yeah nah for me. All around yeah nah? Yeah. This is the same for me last week. It's, it's a hell yeah and a yeah nah. Yeah. Okay, the Dom, that. the original Don Brocco was was sick, but that that cover was just a yeah nah. So yeah, um yeah, nah. Catch you later, I guess. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>